Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason. Only introducing this special episode. Originally, the intent was for John and Arlen to discuss Married at First Sight, and we were going to wedge this into media therapy to seamlessly integrate into a standard episode of the show. However, that conversation went on for about an hour and a half, and as a result, we decided to break this out as its own standalone thing. So without any further ado, here is a special media therapy about this really, really awful piece of television. Alrighty, we're going to move Jason out of the way for this next session, for the next part here. of this, what we're going to discuss. But we're going to move him out of the way because... I, again, again, listen, listen, Jason, like just pay attention, absorb what we're about to tell you. And then I think this might be able to get you on this train. I know you can be a little difficult sometimes, but I believe this is worth what you partaking in. You'd be a little difficult. You're a little stubborn about your media. Um, you're a bit of an elitist. I said it. Wow. But we brought Arlen back with us. Arlen, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hello. So Arlen... <laughs> When Jason, I guess, is it worth Jason you telling the story, or Arlen you telling the story of how of how you've ended up with us here today? Of when Jason contacted you last week. Well, it goes yes. back further than that because you, John, you requested this. I did request this because I I have to talk to someone about this, <laughs> and, I, and and Arlen was the one who sort of suggested this. I kind of I tried and I didn't really get into it, and now I'm in the tank for this thing. And I wanted Arlen to be with me to discuss this. I have feelings and I need her to help me through this. <laughs> so many feelings. Okay. I just have to say, uh, last week, little did I know that this was in the middle of you guys recording last week, I get a text from Jason saying, hey, are you around to record with us next week? And at first I was like, oh, work's been really crazy. Like I only have one day off. And he says, well... Um, John really wants to talk about Married at First Sight. And my response was, I will be there. (laughs) I will make this happen because this season of Married at First Sight, season 12, is truly a wild ride. And I am always desperate to talk about Married at First Sight but especially this season. And I haven't really gotten to like get into it with anyone. So I'm really glad that you've been sucked into this universe. It's one of the craziest things I've ever watched on reality TV. What I've watched the the last nine episodes of. So first of all, if you are a watcher of this show and you are in the middle of watching this, come back. Watch, watch up to episode nine. And then come back and listen to this. If you are someone who's watched this show in the past and you are thinking of watching it, stop and start watching it. Or if you're like, oh, I don't really know, I suggest to you again, I haven't watched any of the other seasons and we'll ask Arlen about how this compares. But I highly suggest anyone to watch this because it's, again, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen on TV. So that's my spiel. So if you are a fan and you're not caught up, just pause this episode, come back later. Because we're going to spoil it. We're going to get into it. Major spoilers ahead. Yeah. Starting now. So, um, Arlen, do you, do you want to explain a bit of this process for people who have who are just like, I'm going to listen to it because I don't watch this. Do you want to just quickly yeah. explain what this is in the history of this show? 
Yeah. So you and I talked about this actually many, many months ago. I think it was in the summer when I was more regularly on the show. And I don't remember if maybe you watched like one episode of a past season. I think it was episode, I think it was season nine, which I started. I remember one of the guys was a basketball player. Yeah. So uh, season nine, in retrospect, season nine was just not. I mean, it, it really pales in comparison to this season. But now, when um, you say when you say he was a basketball player, like a professional basketball player, or just like, I, like I think he's he a basketball player, like, like no, I'm a hockey player. No, he was player. a professional basketball player. He played professional player. overseas. He was like overseas professional, oh, okay. and he was coming back to the states. and And they were in North Carolina, I believe. Yeah, that was where the season took place. Yeah. So at the time when we were talking about it. Um, you know, you have been really into 90 Day Fiance. And in our conversation, um, it became clear to me that the reason that you liked 90 Day was kind of all of the, it was like all of the reasons that I don't like it, which is that um, there's a lot of drama and manipulation. Yes. And um, and the reasons that I have always loved Married at First Sight is because at its core, it's a much more sincere endeavor yes. um, than a lot of other reality shows. Now, certain seasons definitely throw a wrench into that. And I think that's become more common as the seasons have gone on. So this is season 12. Um, so there are 11 previous seasons. So this has been going on for quite a while. And the premise of the show when they first launched it, um, you know, 12 long seasons ago, and they churn these out, you know, at a pretty rapid clip. So I think um, season one was probably like six or seven years ago. Like it's, they do, I think like two seasons in a calendar year or something like that. But the premise is, they have a group of experts, you know, one is like a sex therapist and one is a a relationship counselor who's a pastor and there's a handful of them and they all have um, pretty valid credentials and they go through all of these applications of people who say that they want to be married to a stranger um, to do this experiment for eight weeks. Um, to see if love can grow between them and the person that's been chosen for them based on, you know, what the experts learn about them and the criteria that they present. Um, and I think this is crazy. That's the premise of the show. Yes. You didn't know that. Were you not paying attention when we talked about this? I thought it was just, I thought it was like this, uh, like real life, like the pregnancy bolt stuff that they have where it's like, oh, we found no, no, a 16 year old who's pregnant. So we're going to follow this no. person. Just like no, no, we no, found no. these That's... people who got married after meeting each other. No, 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 no. Them. This is all they, they find. And again, like, like Arlen said, they are, they basically, and I watched one of these episodes where they actually show you the process where they interview, I think hundreds of people, hundreds. right? Hundreds of people who want to be part of this process. And it is quite, scientific and i put that in quotes because sometimes watching it you're just like what's the science behind this this is nuts but that's what they look like so they go through these traits and what what you need and what you're lacking so basically it's like they they do a giant interview of you from a psychological standpoint from a career standpoint from a all the things that you sort of if someone was going to spend weeks just talking to you about what you're expecting out of a partner out of a spouse 
And then they find that person that's most compatible for you, not only for the things that you like, but the things that you might need or that you might be lacking. And mm-hmm. they literally, you walk up to the aisle together. So you walk up there and you have no idea who you're marrying. And that, that person is, comes that out. Wild. <laughs> yeah. It, it's great. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing nuts. they stress, the thing they stress over and over is that this is a legally binding marriage. Yes. So <laughs> it's a marriage. these people are getting legally married to someone they've never met before. Um, and, you know, I am on, I'm like part of, you know, I, I've joined like one of the Reddit communities that, that I talks thought you were going to say you were, you were part of the vetting process. I was a candidate. <laughs> I was one of the, I was one of the marriage candidates just to see what it was like. <laughs> No, I'm on one of the Reddit communities and like the interesting thing is that um, previous uh, previous participants lurk on these Reddit communities a lot and there's yeah tons of sort of insider info that floats around them. So, um, you know, previous participants have had um, sometimes a hard time getting a divorce from the person because maybe they don't you know, cooperate or something like that. So these are really, you know, real legal marriages that sometimes cause problems in people's lives later um, if they don't stay together. But the interesting thing to me is that I looked this up um, when we talked about it uh, last year, and um, I believe that their success rate is something like 40%, which is for an experiment like this, shockingly not, good yeah i was about to say it's not great but i mean still like it it's really pretty feel, good it's pretty good like all it's things considered good. after explaining what you just explained that's not bad <laughs> right? no that's yeah. like a tip that's like a pretty good flu vaccination yeah, yeah i mean yeah, exactly it's good, 40 percent. it's like you pretty much have a 50 50 shot of this working which mm-hmm. is probably just as good as most marriages i know the rates and things have approved mm-hmm. but I mean, these are people who literally just met each other versus people who've known each other for years and things don't work out, right? So, like, that's mm-hmm. life. But they sort of expedite the process here. And these people are sort of saying, hey, I, you know, there's all different types of people. Like, in this year, there's some people that said, hey, I haven't dated anyone in seven years. There's other people who say, hey, I was in a marriage and it didn't really work out. And, you know, So, I, these I'm are just- some anomalies. Yeah, these are some. So, let's get into season 12 yep. specifically and how it's different from previous seasons. Okay. Yep. So starting with season, so in the beginning, the first few seasons, they actually only did this with three couples at a time. And those couples in the earlier seasons, I would say probably seasons one through four, they were actually a lot more diverse. Um, And by that, I mean, they were different from the formula that Married at First Sight eventually fell into for quite a few seasons. Um, there were more, um, people on the show who were not just black or white, but, um, you know, several people who were mixed and they were put into interracial relationships for the show. Um, or, you know, just people from that were other ethnicities. Um, and that kind of stopped, uh, around season, I think by season five, they started to fall into this formula of just having 
black couples and white couples and no one else. And I don't know all the reasons why that happened, um, but it's something that I found disappointing um, as I a just person who's sure. mixed myself. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if this was because it was Atlanta, right? Which Atlanta is notoriously one of, you know, one of the real black meccas in America. So mm-hmm. that there just happens to be more, right? It's a much easier pairing of, you know, you're in the South and there's black people and white people majority, right? Like, it's not to say that that's all. And yeah, it is but a little, because this... you're right. Like, they do have, they've sort of just made this, like, it's very specific of these types of couples together, at least in this season. It is very clear. I mean, there's one couple that you can maybe say isn't, but for the most part, it's pretty clear. I actually disagree. This season is a lot more mixed than previous, okay, yeah. the last bunch of seasons. What I mean is they would only have literally, you know, two or three couples who were both white and then, you know, a, one or two couples that were both black and right, there was okay. nothing else. So in this season, season 12, we're seeing the return of some interracial pairings, right? which is, I think, really nice. Um, and we have a Hispanic person on this, the show for the first time since I want to say maybe season four or That's season That's really surprising. Three. I'm telling you, they suddenly veered in this direction where it was like no one in America existed except for black people and (laughs) white people. people. And it was very (laughs) strange. Um, So, right. So for a long time, they were doing just three couples a season. And then they ramped it up to four couples a season. And they were doing that until season 10 when they were like "Ooh, it's our decade anniversary and we're gonna go big or go home and do five couples and that's when they expanded their episodes to two hours which is too long yeah they're very long they're very long movie every time you're watching too long it's very long yeah you try to you tell so, me I should watch this. There's no way. <laughs> no, well, at the same time though, and I would say <laughs> I, I think I'm trained for this because 90 Day Fiance is also an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. But I also watch. You know, I'm, I'm not watching commercials. But if you're sitting there for two, I don't think I could sit there for two hours with commercials. I, I wouldn't make it. Right. Um, I having, fast forward. Yeah, I record. Yeah, if you can fast forward, forward through it, it's a little helpful. But yeah, the episodes are very long. They're very long. Yeah. So that's a relatively new phenomenon as of season ten. And I think all of us kind of hoped that we would drop back down to four couples for season 11 and beyond, but clearly they were like, the ratings, we're going to keep it five couples, and so we're just powering through, and the last couple of seasons, there's just like always one filler couple that's yeah. like I was boring. About to say, and that's, or- yeah, exactly. It's like, if one of the couples is a little boring, you can sort of phase them out a li- right like they, they're not the main attraction you can sort of come back to them every once in a while and and quite frankly i found that like if things for the most part are kind of working it's not as exciting from a reality tv standpoint to win every time there's a discussion you're just like what are like what are these two people doing together <laughs> like what is this right <laughs> so like it's and again that's me watching a show that is pretty much wholly dysfunctional in yes. 90 Day Fiance, where when everyone seems to be happy, it's like, all right, come on. This is all right. We get it. Yeah, this is working. But when it's not working, you're just like more. Give me more of this not working. People are monsters. 
Yeah. So when I originally suggested that you watch season nine, I think the reason that I suggested it was because it it had a really good mix as a season of things, you know, couples that were mostly smooth sailing and then some drama. Um, season 10 was... Which channel is this on, by the way? It's on Lifetime. Season 10, at the time that it was airing, I thought was awful. The show was going off the rails. It was, like, unwatchable. Season 12 is nothing compared to that. However, season 11, which uh, was filmed in New Orleans during the beginning of the pandemic, was a ray of sunshine. Incredible. It's my new... Uh, recommendation for you, John, to watch after season 12. It is complete opposite from this is it? season. Wow. Okay. Complete and total opposite. And I would love, love, love to talk about it with you once you watch it for many, many reasons. So we'll, um, we will table we that back. until yes. we can come back we, until you cross that bridge and okay. I'll be so happy <laughs> to talk to you about it. Okay, so current season, season 12, a train wreck. Um, (laughs) And that's putting it so lightly. (laughs) So it seems like, I don't know if, you know, the showrunners were just like, season 11 was like too great, so we're going to have to make a really trash season (laughs) this time. But every couple except for one seems like they I don't know why they were even put together so well, I would say two though like I, I would say because again I'm, I'm in there's one couple that I think we can just say that Brianna and Vincent for the most part seem to be enjoying this process is that the couple that you're talking about yes yeah. so Brianna and Vincent I think embody what um you know the goal of the show is both of them have come into this process really and truly wanting to find a partner and to to use the words of pastor cal grow in love with the person that they've been given and you know for the most part they get together i mean they they get along when they're together and there are some issues but you know, and, they're both yeah. actively trying to work on those issues. And I was going to say, most of the issues are due to Vincent. Is that fair to say that? A hundred percent. Yeah, he is, needs to grow up. Exactly. He's too sensitive. Because Brianna is all, and I don't want to say anyone's perfect, but she has completely embraced this and even her own flaws of saying, I know I'm bossy. I know some of these things. But like she, if you wanted to give me a model candidate for this show, it's her. Yeah. And he is just sensitive, like, period. Mm-hmm. Like, he just can't express himself in a way of, hey, you know, like, for example, episode nine, they're go- they go to learn how to dance. And he's frustrated for the fact that he doesn't know how to salsa. So instead of being able to laugh at himself and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not really good at this, but we're going to learn, he gets real quiet and real sensitive to the fact that I don't know how to do this, so now I'm upset about it. it it's weird. Mm-hmm. And this should work if he just grows up. So I agree with you 100%. It's really disappointing to be like, come on, dude, this is working. Don't blow this up because you spilled champagne and, <laughs> and oh, you God. can't dance the salsa. It's like the two dumbest things. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. 
And his friend who was like, why did you get mad about spilling champagne? Like, you need to get over it. At least his friend had good advice for him. Um, And this is also an area where, you know, periodically they meet with the special, with the, um, with the experts um, and talk through some of these problems and are given guidance because most of the experts are mental health professionals in some capacity. So they can provide, you know, important guidance in these areas. Um, And he clearly just needs to work through some of his own emotional issues and do more work on himself. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. But I agree with you that for the most part, I think there, if I was going to guess, right, and not having watched this show, to me, I'm like, this is kind of the best you can hope for. Sure, he's got a couple of issues, but 90% of the time, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're having a good time, they're saying, I'm, you know, I'm falling in love with you, all the things that you would hope if you're, if you're one of the experts on this show. This is kind of what you want. Like, sure, there's some problems, but there's always going to be a bit of problems. It's fine. There's nothing that they can't work through. Exactly. For me, they're the model yeah. maths couple right yeah. now. So the second couple that I would say, while they have some problems, I still think they're going to be okay. Is Virginia and Eric? Oh man, I By have the way, so many. I'm looking at uh, pictures of these people now. Yes. So uh, I'm okay, not... so you get an idea of how we're talking about them. You'll get an idea of at least you'll see faces to names. I have so many things to say about. <laughs> Virginia and Eric, but I would love for you to go first. So, look, Virginia and Eric, look, they're both odd, right? He's he's goofy. He's he's like always he's one of those people that is like kind of always smiling and it makes you a little uncomfortable. He looks like it's- Jim Carrey in a creepy way, <laughs> yes, and yeah. I do not like it. So, this picture I'm looking at is him kissing her on the cheek, so I can't see his like the front of his face, but she does look like she's in danger. <laughs> And again, he's, 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 there's an age gap here. She's 26 and he's 36, I think, 35 or 36. Yeah. And he's a pilot, right? So he's ex-military. He was an Air Force pilot. And now he's a pilot, I'm assuming, for an airline or some private venture. And she, I don't. He's 34. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, he's 34. So there's an eight year age gap. And the main problem that I see is that he's just. It's the age thing that they're just at two different spots of their life. But when it works, it seems like if they can get over the fact that, hey, he's a little older and he travels for work. And the only thing I know about her is that apparently she just likes to drink and party. I feel like she's always drunk, but she's also younger and she's part of this process and it's fun. And I'm assuming she kind of did this because it was just something cool to do. And maybe this could work, but that's how I... Alice read something yesterday uh, yesterday that I actually found really interesting that she said people online apparently are saying that it looks like they have both like taken ecstasy at some point on the show because they're <sighs> both sort of like when you see them together, like it's very odd in the facial expressions and things because they're just both weird. You didn't see that on the Reddit? And sometimes I, no, I yeah. didn't, but I also haven't been on Reddit this week. So oh, you got to get the so you gotta get an app. Yeah, so- they're just... <laughs> I have a slightly different spin on Virginia and Eric. Okay. Um, okay. Number one, Eric is the very first person to ever be on this show who has been previously uh, married, that's a good point. Yep, good which point. he brings up constantly. <laughs> he does. He brings it up all the time. <laughs> in a very condescending way. 
And the way that he brings it up is that he'll constantly tell Virginia that this is a marriage and doesn't she know what she signed up for? And he knows what it takes to be in a marriage. But at the very beginning, you know, when they're still doing the matchmaking special, he's over here like, well, I was married, but it wasn't really a real marriage because like I was in the military and we got married so that, you know, we could live together and we never had a wedding. And, but when it's convenient, he loves to spin it like, I know what it takes to be married and you don't, which is like, clearly you don't because you got a divorce. Right, because it didn't work because you're on this show. <laughs> yeah, like clearly that's not the case. No, 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 no. It wasn't my fault. Let me tell you about this bitch, all right? Exactly. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so like that's condescending. He also loves to talk about himself like he's so old, which all of the guys on this season seem to think that they're like so old, old and yeah. And it's like, bro, you're 34. Like, I'm 35. And like, first of all, he looks like 40. He does. He looks much older. Like he's 45. And the way he talks about being married in his career makes him seem like he's 45. And I just think it's like, why are you in such a rush to be a crotchety old man? And then you also now are married to this 26-year-old woman. Now, Virginia, on the other hand, there have been many participants on this show over the years who have been in their mid-20s and 26 in particular. And most of them seemed very mature. I... You know, watching the matchmaking special, it's not like she was hiding her lifestyle or her personality from the experts. Um, I immediately watching her see an alcoholic. Absolutely. A hundred percent. definitely has a drinking problem. Yes. And it's actually at times hard for me to watch because I see it so clearly and it makes me sad for her. Um, So it seems very strange to me that this group of mental health professionals who are the experts would miss the the fact that this woman has, you know, a pretty obvious substance abuse problem. 40%. And, um, and then marry her to someone so completely opposite. Well, their reasoning, I think, at the time was Eric can help her grow up. But can he help her get sober? That's the question, because he also seems to be trying to keep up with her, which is interesting, because I think after the wedding and in Vegas, they're both spending a lot of time sort of partying. And I think this is where some of the, probably the notes came in of they're doing drugs too, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. just drinking. It's like they're trying to party. And this guy who's older, but again, like you said, 34 is not old. Yeah. He is trying to keep up with her in a way, which kind of makes makes it seem like it is working, which is why I'm saying, hey, there's moments there where you actually see that these two are connecting. Like, it's not like some of the other people that we'll get to where you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> this is at least like they're both a little like, is this her being drunk or are they both just awkward? Yeah. Or are they just both a little weird? But like you said, it's very clear. I mean, from the time after, right after they got married. She was drunk at the wedding. 
And yes. it was very odd. And you're watching this, and she's the only one where everyone else is still just kind of like, oh, I can't believe I just did this. We just, you know, you get to meet my family for the first time, random new person I just married. And she's already like in the tank, walking around, kind of stumbling, slurring her words. And it's like, well, she just likes to party. She's just having fun. And at what point is that a problem? So yeah. 20, 27 minutes into this, I will never watch this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. Never. Yeah, you will. Just wait. Just wait. Just, just wait. wait. It's yeah, gonna get. There. It's gonna get even even better yeah. than this. Yeah. And so you know what? Good yeah. reminder on the timestamp. We have so yeah. much more material. Absolutely. To so cover. we should move on. Yeah. So we should move <laughs> on from those two because those two are again. I would say there's a good chance that they stay together through this process, but that marriage isn't gonna last. Yeah. But maybe they make it through because I think at the end of this, right? They basically sit down and decide: do they want to keep the marriage or get divorced? Right. That's yeah. how the show ends. Okay. Mm-hmm. It so is, I think yeah. they'll make it past that part, but at some point you'll read on a blog that they're not together. (laughs) Yeah. The next couple I think I want to go to, and I'm doing this in order of dysfunction. Okay. Okay. So the next couple is Ryan and Clara. Yeah. Right? In the order of dysfunction. So I would say this is one of those interracial couples as well, where it's not just sort of this standard sort of pairing two people that you deem are alike, right? Because Mm -hmm. I believe he's mixed, but I'm not – I don't remember – it's African-American and something else. I'm not sure if it's Hispanic or if it's um, something of Asian descent. I'm not sure. You probably. I think he's, I think he's just black and white. Now, can I just, can I, can I interrupt this and just read this here? Free spirited flight attendant. Clara was matched with Ryan, a self-described quote, calculated routine person. End quote. That's it. Yes. Yes. So he's a so major my, buzzkill. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, I would say my, my she looks like she's my, up to no good, though. My take on this marriage is that he doesn't like her, and he doesn't know how to tell her that because he seems to be trying to sort of. It's one of those classic. Well, he's a he's a nice guy, but he's really not. Where it seems like he's kind of trying to tell her all the things that are kind of wrong with her and all the things that she needs to fix. And it's just because I'm real particular and I'm real clean. Like I remember there's one thing that stuck out when, cause this eventually picture. they leave, they leave Vegas. Right. So they do the honeymoon in Vegas and then they kind of go back and check out each other's houses. And the whole time he kept talking about how clean he is. And I'm just, you know, I, I clean all the time. I like everything in a real specific way and I'm real particular. And then she like goes to his house and is like, you're not clean at all. Like, I'm looking at your stuff, and it's like, you're just as messy as I am. You just kind of put it away. Like, you just kind of shoved it into closets. So it's like, you're normal. You're just giving off this thing that you're sort of this calculated, you know, I'm thinking all the time. But I personally just think he's not really that into her, and she seems to want to be into him. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, this just isn't going to work because he just kind of goes, this isn't really what I was expecting. That's my take on this. This uh, this picture makes it look like he is very uncomfortable. She's like all yeah. in and he's just thinking, I don't know about this. And I also just wish he would just cut his hair. I think he looked much with a he looked he's one of those people when he puts a hat on, he looks great. It's a good looking guy. Yeah. There's something about the hair kind of being this weird slick back mohawk that's just very odd. It's an odd it's very choice. Weird. And I just kind of wish he would just cut it. Like Vincent looks, Vincent kind of grew his hair out at some point during episode nine. You're like, whoa, I think it looks better when you just cut it low, man. Just keep it low. <laughs> and this guy is the same thing where if he just kind of cut it off, he'd be and just shaped up the beard a little bit. He'd be okay. Like he'd, yeah. he'd be good. 
Um, so that's my take is that this isn't going to work mostly because he's, and again, she's a little goofy, but whatever. Like, he's just kind of like, I'm perfect and you're not. So this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, I think Clara seems sweet. Um, at the very beginning when they were introducing everyone individually, like one of the, you know, matchmaking special episodes, um, she was the first person that um, they did like a profile on. And I, at the beginning was like, here we go. But she's like far from the worst person on the show. And she actually seems pretty nice and she's pretty straightforward about who she is. And, you know, she kind of unabashedly puts out there that, you know, she falls in love easily and trusts easily. And, um, here she is with this guy who is just so not warm and, you know, has been in years long relationships with other women and never said that said, I love you to them, which is a huge red flag because to me, that means that his idea of whatever love is, is completely unrealistic. And it's something that, you know, he has built up and imagined in his mind, but no one and n- no person or relationship is ever going to live up to that perfect standard. And I would he's, just say it's because the standard doesn't exist. He's made exactly. up that there's a perfect standard, but he doesn't know what that perfect standard is either. Exactly. <laughs> he can't Which, articulate yeah. what it is he needs from a relationship yes. or what you know, would make him comfortable or fall in love. And at least she's able to easily articulate that, you know, and he just seems like a robot, you know, and And he's a nice enough guy. He's not disrespectful. He's not, but at the same time, he's just kind of there. Like, I don't know why he's signed up for this process other than the fact of maybe he had people telling him, why aren't you married yet? You should get married, blah, blah. I don't know why a guy like this would sign up for this at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. He, he doesn't seem really open to allowing himself to be vulnerable in the way that you need to do to succeed in this process. And he doesn't seem like he wants to No, to do it that. Seems, yeah. It seems like he just kind of wanted to do this. He's tried it and now he's ready to go back to his regular life. That's what I feel. And she is very frustrated with the fact that, you know, I'm kind of trying here. We're doing stuff, but like, I'm really, I'm missing some of this. And like you said, she says she falls in love easy and he's kind of giving her signals and signs that maybe, and I think that's the part that makes me just see that he's not real genuine because Mm -hmm. he can't just tell her what he thinks. Instead, he kind of leads her on and then he kind of goes, well, no, we're going to do this. Like, it's just very odd. He does some sweet things and then he grills her about what her goal in life is. Like, it's that weirdness. Yeah. Instead of just kind of just being like, hey, look, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, you know, this is I'm used to being guarded. This isn't what I thought it would be. And just kind of talking it through with her. It's very odd. Like he's saying, well, you just have to figure out what's going to make this work for me. Uh, Right. Because there's stuff wrong with you that you need to. It's just very odd. He's an odd guy. And I don't know why he's doing this. Yeah, that's really the problem is that he seems to really expect her to just mold to him, but he seems totally unwilling to do any work in the other direction to, you know, adjust 
to her or any other person and yeah. he won't yeah. put out yeah that's i mean that's he, she keeps saying that like he's not so, like, doing yeah so. <laughs> get out of here dude come on she, she said that he's never seen him with his shirt off and this is a guy who's in pretty what? good wait shape. a minute what what? Like he's like he's in pretty good shape. Like he's he's kind. I mean, this guy looks like he goes to the gym and he's a good looking guy. And she said at some point, I think last week, I've never seen my husband with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Is he saving himself for marriage? I, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like <laughs> you passed that, buddy. Like you've already got to that point. So yeah. my guess for them is still kind of up in the air. I think it's over. I think she eventually will go. Well, he doesn't really like me, so I'm out of this thing. But you never know because how many? Because we're at episode nine. There's still a bit of time left. So this one to me is still a let's see how this goes. Let's see if this goes the way we think it's going to go, or if some big change happens and he becomes a different man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So the next couple. Is Haley and Jacob. Okay. I believe they also have a major age gap difference as well. She's um, 27. The experts believe that 28 year old Haley 20. and 38 year old Jacob will be okay, successful yep. real reality couple despite their 10 year age difference. Jacob is described as a self described nerd who loves 80s movies and fashion. He also enjoys home improvement projects and even turned the backyard of his Atlanta home into a beach. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Jacob eats a unique diet of primarily steak and eggs and is attracted to women with big noses. <laughs> yes. Very strange. She doesn't look like she has a big nose, though. No, he's got quite, he, his nose is quite substantial. He's got the so schnoz. I'm assuming he is, yeah, he's got quite the schnoz on him. So I'm assuming he's saying, well, you know, if you grew up being insecure about your nose, finding someone else who has a, you know, similar insecurity might be, you know, something we can bond Oh, over. no. Haley, who works as a sales representative, hasn't been in a relationship for seven years, but she has served as a bridesmaid in 14 of her friends' weddings. Yikes. You think they're at the, <laughs> at, by the by the eighth one, they're just doing it to fuck with her, right? <laughs> guys 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 you get you get Haley in there yeah oh Haley, right God. you're Haley. totally gonna have yeah. her do this right yeah or she's charging for her bridesmaid services <laughs> yeah. and she's really just a really good wedding planner <laughs> her first her first relationship was emotionally volatile and ended when her ex-boyfriend got another girl pregnant yeah that's a good reason to break off yeah all right so my take on this these summaries are great is- my take on this is pretty much the opposite of what we just talked about. She can't stand this dude. She hates him. She can't from the very for the minute they got married and he opened up his mouth, she immediately went, oh, this sucks. This, I hate this guy. I can't stand him. Because Jacob, and I just think that this is one I go, this is one the experts just missed on. Because this dude just he's he's a nerd. He's he spent most of the wedding talking about his backyard, about Oh yeah, I've got this really awesome setup. He's telling her mom this as if she cares that he put a beach and you know, I just I really love staying at home and you know, I just built this beach and there's a pool and I got my dogs and he just keeps talking about and he keeps bringing this up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she says is I love to travel. So a guy who's turned his backyard basically into a vacation spot is going to be married with someone who says, I want to spend all my time traveling. (laughs) I don't want to be stuck at home. I'd love to travel and get around and do things. But my only take is that she just doesn't like him. And she's kind of told him this, you know, compared to Ryan, not really telling Clara this, she's not hiding the fact that she's not attracted to him. She doesn't like him. She thinks he's weird. 
His tastes are weird. Everything about him, she's she's just not happy with. And he is kind of like, well, what what point are you going to like me? At what point are uh, you know? At what point are you gonna you gonna take this process seriously? And she's kind of like, I don't like you, so I'd like to just go home and be done with this. So that's my take. There's no way this works. I'm surprised that she hasn't just left already and said, you know what? There's better things I could do with my time. I haven't found. I googled this dude's yard and I can't find it. Oh well, you'll have to watch an episode to see it then. Yeah, if you watch the first episode, it, you'll see it. He's got this you'll yard. He's got it. like, yeah, it's it's we. I mean, it's cool, but it's also cool if you're like a single dude. <laughs> like, it's not cool if you're a 38 year old on this show. It makes you and, and if that's all you talk about, that's all he talks about. Um, There's mean, a Reddit post. How is Jacob only eating steak and eggs? Not a red flag. I hope he is yeah, exaggerating I mean, it because is. that is absolutely just, wild. He's I'm a worried strange... about him staying alive through the experiment, and I can't <laughs> well, imagine that's good for him. <laughs> Well, he said he's on the carnivore diet. So he's just a weird dude. And she's like, I didn't sign up for weird. Yeah. So I think I think all of the weird things about him would be fine if the person he had been matched with was into the same weird stuff. And uh, I just want to cite season 11, and this will make sense uh, when you get there. Um, If they had found someone who was similarly weird or just like open to quirky personalities and wasn't so guarded, like I kind of feel like if he and Clara had been matched up, they'd be, yeah, like they'd be getting along famously because she is like down for whatever, you know, weird good times might happen. And also she travels for work. So when she's home, she probably doesn't want to travel. And, you know, that would have been sort of a better, I think, connection. Um, Yeah, I, it's... I don't know. I also think Haley, I think in the most recent episode, it becomes really clear that every time she starts to try to let down her guard and have fun with this guy, that he gets too serious and pushes her too much. And I think she's a good example of someone who really wanted to make this process work, but is struggling to allow herself to be vulnerable. Unlike, Ryan, who doesn't seem at all interested in allowing himself to be vulnerable. Um, so there's a lot of disconnects there. And yeah, probably not going to last. Yeah. And again, I think that it's just the fact that like she bought him like in the latest episode, she buys him a bunch of clothes. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, hey, you know, I, I told you I just don't like your style. Just try on some new things. He sort of obli- obliges her, right? It's like, to his credit, he's like, yeah, okay. He didn't take it sensitive and go, well, you don't like my style, which means you hate me. He said, okay, yeah, sure. You want me to try this? I'll try it on. He did a bit of fashion show walking out. And then, like, he's trying to make jokes and things that are extremely sarcastic. And she just doesn't get it. And their sense of humors just don't match up. Like, it just seems like a very odd match where you're right. He needed basically another nerd who could sort of be a little awkward. And they both have their quirks and their awkwardness. But if you find two people with who are can be kind of sarcastic and kind of make jokes and, you know, it's not like a big personality of laughs. It's just more of like, hey, we make kind of comments and they're inside jokes, right? He's a big guy that seems like he'd like inside jokes with someone after he knew them for a year. It's just a different personality 
And her personality is just not this. Her personality, like I agree with you, it matches with Ryan's personality. Like they are very similar where they could probably have a better chance where Clara could easily buy into, yeah, he's a little odd, but you know, once we really got to know each other, we got inside jokes and I kind of get some of his humor and Haley's just like, I don't have time to deal with this. You didn't kind of come the way I thought you would. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's definitely, um, I don't know. She's kind of boring and, you know, she's obviously very vanilla and like expects, you know, it seems like her reaction to anything outside the box is just like, ugh, weird. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, so, so I don't know why they couldn't find, again, there's a lot of people who like weird 80s stuff, who like video games. There's a lot of women like that who would love this guy. He's, a, you know, he's in shape. He's, you know, he's not, it's not like you're just like, oh, this is some guy that sits in his basement, but that is what he is. He's just a guy that sits in his, I mean, he said it. He's like, I love neon. I've got neon lights all over my basement. And yeah. you kind of needed to find someone that said, oh, that's cool. I like video games, too. And they could have been okay. But yeah, I, this one's not going to work. I, I got to ask, in the vetting process, how often do they bring in a producer of the show? And they're like, yeah, but this will be entertaining to watch. Oh, 100% that happens. Oh, that clearly to. happens. Yeah. <laughs> they <Yeah>. have to. <laughs> that clearly happens. Yeah. So to expedite this, we got to talk about the last couple because this is going to take some time. Oh, man. The piece de resistance. So is is it worth just to go through their story first before I give you any comment? I think you explaining Paige and Chris. Yes. <laughs> so so again, I don't know if it's worth you reading anything, Jason, because I think it oh might just God. be worth Arlen explaining this of what's happened these last nine episodes. But I, I have the quick summary, and it kind of explains why they were set up. Okay, okay, read the quick summary, and then and then we're going to just talk about what's happened. Oh, <laughs> and what man. sucks is like on this page, this is the only one that doesn't show a picture of them. So uh, you can can easily find a picture. Yeah, I found I found it elsewhere. But here we go. Paige and Chris have both built successful careers and are now ready for a marriage rooted in faith. Oh boy, (laughs) children are important to both of them. Paige hopes to start having kids in the first one to two years of her marriage, while Chris is open to having a maximum of seven kids. That's a hell of a ceiling. Your name, quote, your name is your brand. Your last name is your business. If you have kids, your job is to train them to replicate yourself. And quote, said Chris, who the fuck are these people? He, <laughs> he often fears that women are only after him for his money. But 26-year-old Paige is a successful accountant and realtor who bought her own home at the age of 20. I'll stop there. There's more stuff. but yeah. No, uh, just stop oh. there because I... Oh my Wait God. a minute! Wait a minute! Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get. Yeah, there. I, I was Just about to say, it. don't spoil anything. You're you're cool done, Jason. It. Just we'll chill get there. for a minute. Okay, we've got to get there. Fair Just enough. shut up. Okay, okay. Just, we're gonna I'm get. Taking this, I'm sitting down. I'm in the chair. <laughs> All right. So look, I, I want oh I want Arlen to because Arlen's gonna be able to explain this much better than I can. Okay. Of where we where we started with these two and where we are now. So Arlen, if you can just give us like a like a like a three to five minute rundown. Of how we got to where we are today with these two, go for it. I don't even know where we are today, but okay. So, so Paige is super religious, but seems like mostly normal. Chris, on the other hand, I mean, from from episode zero, you know, which is the matchmaking special, he seemed like a class A creep. And, um, you know, he's, 
supposedly religious, but and he <laughs> supposedly used to be a pastor. Oh, what a great way to put it is supposedly. <laughs> well, he wants yeah. seven kids. It's and like, he, what the hell does that mean? Then we find out that he, you know, he was apparently he was a pastor and then he quit doing that because he wasn't making enough money, which like, yeah, no one is a, a <laughs> pastor. No one's make the, yeah, like no one's in the clergy to become a millionaire. He wanted, he wanted okay. to be a Creflo dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, spins this whole yarn about how he, you know, quits his job and like goes and lives in his car and, you know, gets this opportunity to become an entrepreneur, which according to all the hot goss on Reddit is actually him running a failed subway chain. Um, 100% true. Like, oh yeah. Hot goss? I I don't, I don't like that term. (laughs) Um, Anyway. So this is these are all the things we learn about Chris before he marries Paige, right? They get married. They meet each other for the first time. And um, one of the first things that he tells Paige during their wedding reception is that, you know, he's been abstaining from sex for... And then he says, like... I don't know. I think he said like three or five days or something. It was like not a long time. (laughs) Cause he really wanted to come into this process pure. And then he goes, are you on birth control? Yeah. So super creepy from day one, her, her new father-in-law, his father, um, then, you know, when they're talking, when she's talking to his family without him, says he's the father-in-law says to her, um, you know, how important it is for her to, like, satisfy him sexually as well, a wife. he said, one of the things he said is she needs to be a freak. Yeah. Yeah. So I that got Chris this quote said, here. Yeah. Chris's dream woman is, quote, now there are one, two, three four five adjectives that he uses here five five requirements you said freak that's one of the five if you want to guess now you've been watching the show so do you want to like try to guess what the other four things are one of them is religious based it has because he's been oh it's not okay sure isn't submissive he said yep that's one of them submissive yep yep you're right Oh, I don't. Yeah, there's been Four so much. Of five of these are are basically are freak adjacent. We'll put it that way. So, yeah. So uh, I'll just tell you what the others are. So it was intelligent, yeah, yeah. Read, read the other ones. intelligent, yeah. submissive, sexy, good in bed, and a freak. <laughs> life, life without those things would be a sad Christopher with blue balls. End quote. Oh my god. god. So, okay. Good lord. I so, don't want to watch this show. Yeah, yeah you do. So <laughs> yeah, they, you do. So they get married. He's already acting like a creeper. They like have their wedding night and in the morning he's acting really weird and he like runs away, like di- says he's going to get breakfast or something and disappears for a long time, comes back and starts like huffing and puffing and hemming and hawing and like crying, which is 
we learn his whole MO to like get sympathy from people that he doesn't deserve sympathy from because he's like a classic manipulator. Yes. And real quick, one of the things that he told her on the day of their wedding was that he wasn't that she wasn't the normal type of girl that he was attracted to. Mm-hmm. That he kept making comments about her body and her shape. But and she and he told her friends this. As in, you know, I'm I'm not really attracted to Paige, but you know, over time, I guess, you know, we can maybe figure it. But you know, I oh, her body is great. You know, she's got a, you know, she's got a great ass and all this stuff. But you know, I'm just not attracted to her, and I don't know how this is going to work if I'm not attracted to her. And he kept which saying is that ridiculous. over and over again, yeah, which is which crazy. Is ridiculous crazy. because she's gorgeous. Yes, I, that, that, that's what's nuts. You're like, she is one of the one of the most attractive people on this show. Yeah, and he's sort of making these really off comments about just oh her body is great but you know i don't like her she's i'm not attracted to her so they go through the wedding night to the point where arlen gets to where he's huffing and puffing and walking around and acting weird and she's like where did he go like what's wrong like what happened why are you acting so strange Mm -hmm. and he um at that point he's like well i still don't feel like you know attracted to you and Um, I just don't know what to do about it. And, um, you know, this makes her feel terrible because then we learn that they've had sex multiple times between the wedding day, the wedding night and that morning. So she's feeling, you know, probably gross and used and also confused. And so what? So they did meet before the wedding? No, 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 so on the like wedding from so the wedding yeah. day to the next day, like so he you did know, all this talk about how night. he doesn't like her and he's going to abstain until we build a real close bond and oh, relationship, okay. and then you find out that he slept that that they've had sex multiple times, and like he, she was like yeah, like the the night, and then in the middle of the night, and then like first thing in the morning It's like mm-hmm. he's talking all this stuff about how he doesn't like her, yet he has no problem sleeping with her multiple times. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the honeymoon. And day one of the honeymoon, once again, he's acting like a pouty child. And she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it, blah, blah. I just got some really devastating news. And she's like, okay, well, you know, can you share with me what it is? Like, I'm your wife now. And, you know, like, I'm, you know, we're going to support each other. And he tries to be like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And finally, she gets out of him that his very recent ex-fiance is six weeks pregnant, which doesn't even make any sense (laughs) with the timeline of the vetting process for this show, which is like a months-long process. And also, I did say ex-fiance. Yes, he was previously engaged just, I think we find out, like, three months earlier or something. It which wasn't also long ago. Which also is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, this, understandably, Paige is like, what the hell? And um, for whatever reason, she still ends up deciding that she wants to like see where this goes and stick it out. And he kind of waffles back and forth over the course of 
the um, honeymoon about whether he wants to try to make this marriage work or whether he is still in love with his ex-fiance and wants to try to get back with her and raise their child together. And in the meantime, as all this is happening, right? So Jason, what you should know is that these couples all do talk to each other. These couples are in this together as a group. So there's 10 of them and they're all at the same Vegas hotel and they kind of do little things and excursions kind of as a group, like some of them split off in the group. So they're, so like the girls talk to each other and the guys talk to each other. So everyone knows who each other is, right? So it's not like they're doing this isolation. That also, I just want to point out, is something that they changed about the show um, after the first few seasons. The first couple of seasons, none of the participants, couples knew each other or had any contact. Different, right? Because Mm -hmm. then it was very different. You basically start to compare your relationship and your marriage to everyone else's. Because you see this group and go, wow, they're super happy and we're having difficulties, right? So it, that's also a part of this storyline of the girls kind of talking to each other. So, of course, Paige starts to tell them this is what he's found out. And Clara specifically is one of the people that's like, oh, I've known he's a creep since the day he joined us. Like, he's always weird. She's the one who's always been able to pick out, like, that dude's got some issues. And specifically, Virginia and Eric have sort of, they, and this is one, some of those moments where you're just like, are you guys on drugs or are you drinking? What's wrong? So as this news is unfolding, they kind of, st- I mean, Virginia asked a question that we were all thinking when he sort of says, I got some devastating news and, you know, uh, you know, I've just found out that my ex-fiance is pregnant. And the very first thing Virginia says is, is it yours? Mm-hmm. And he gets super defensive and upset about it. And then Eric and Virginia are sort of like, they're kind of poking him and asking him questions that if you can read signals, you should probably stop. But this guy's also a giant child. So throughout this entire thing, he starts to attack the other couples about showing respect and, you know, you need to respect me. And, you know, this is between me and my wife and all this other stuff. And there, and Paige is just kind of sitting there like, I can't believe this is what this turned out to be. And so the girls are trying to support Paige as Chris is trying to fight Eric at one point and Vince has got to get Chris away from everybody. It's a disaster. It's a complete disaster at this honeymoon phase because Chris is a monster. (laughs) Yeah. And he immediately starts to attack everybody when everyone obviously and understandably is like, wow, Paige, we can't believe this is what's happened to you. Mm -hmm. And he starts to get, what do you mean happened to her? This got nothing. She's not being respectful to me and no one's thinking about me. What about, you know, what about my situation? And that's how this kind of starts off their marriage this is like the first four days of their marriage yeah so bad and yeah exactly right he's just like why isn't anyone paying attention to me because you know like you're an idiot who just dragged this this woman who was a stranger and had nothing to do with your life into this like turmoil of drama so what happens after they come back from the honeymoon is that they're supposed to move in together. And um, now on the show, they provide each couple with a quote unquote neutral space to move into. And as of late, like the first, the last several seasons, they've arranged for all the couples to have apartments in the same apartment complex, which is also a pretty new addition to the structure of the show in previous seasons, they would come back from the honeymoon and then have to negotiate together 
where they wanted to live together, find a place to live, move in together. So it was not this like nicely packaged thing. Um, So they all, you know, move into their new apartments. And it turns out that Chris has decided instead of moving in with Paige, that he's going to hop on the next flight to Chicago to clear his head or something and is gone for like multiple days and then sort of shows up tail between his legs. Um, I think he shows back up and says, Oh yeah. He comes back and says that he wants to get a divorce. Like as soon as he gets back and he wants to get back together with his ex. And so Paige is kind of like, okay, I guess, you know, I mean, whatever. And all of us are like, good, get away from this abusive creep. He's obviously crazy. Um, But the next thing that's supposed to happen in their sort of journey on the show is that they're supposed to meet with one of the experts, in this case, Pastor Cal, um, to talk about how things are going. And so they have this meeting set up at their apartment, which Chris is not living in. And so Pastor Cal is meeting with Paige. They're talking about what's been going on. And she also reveals that throughout this entire shitstorm, she's still been having sex with this creep. <laughs> and not only sex, unprotected, unprotected sex. sex. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and, and even Pastor Cal is like, oh, Paige. Yeah. Oh, oh, Paige. What are you? Oh no, honey. No, Paige. Oh no. Like and then and then. Oh, oh no. Like you can see his face. And then at some point, it's funny because as they're talking, he. It's real funny because I was sort of like, you know, someone owes Paige an apology. Yeah. That's what I kept telling Al. Someone owes this woman an apology because they put her on national TV and they've kind of made a fool out of her. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, look, when we do this process. You know, the, the, the hope is, even if it doesn't, he kind of starts to explain this, right? He's trying to sort of explain what's the method behind some of this madness because you've put in this weird situation where this guy's not even here to talk to me with you. And you're telling me all these crazy things about what's happened. And then he kind of walks back in as they're filming this, right? So he kind of walks back in and goes, hey, what, what's up, Pastor Kyle? And kind of sits down. <laughs> and Pastor Kyle's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what, what is happening? What have you done? And so he kind of explains this, but does it in this really backhanded way of, well, you know, she's not really willing to give, she's not being really supportive. And, you know, you know, I think she's being disrespectful at times. You know, I got to make this decision about raising my child or whether or not I raise my child, you know, with his mom or not and yada, 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 and all this stuff. Right. And so then Pastor Cal's kind of like, all right, like, I guess I'm just going to leave, but, you know, best of luck to you. I hope like he's like, make good decisions. That's I think that's the last thing he told him was make good decisions. Yeah. Like just in life, make good decisions. <laughs> you're not doing that right now. It's a mess. Yes. Sounds pretty straightforward. I, why not just oh, be wait. like. Everybody say this is not straight. It's not straightforward because <laughs> as soon as Pastor Cal leaves, she says she's pregnant. Bam. No, no, uh, no, no. But not as soon yet. As, buckle up. It's coming. <laughs> as soon as Pastor Cal leaves, Chris gets this dumb, like, 
shit-eating grin on his face <laughs> and leans over oh, and yeah, yeah, whispers yeah. <laughs> something in her ear. And then they cut to like her telling the producers later what he was whispering in her ear. And apparently he was saying something like, oh, I'm just really afraid that I'm going to fall in love with you. Oh, my God. And that's I why that's I can't when... keep doing this. <sighs> this guy that's sucks. When, could, that's <laughs> when Alice was like, F this guy. She yeah. was like, he's a terrible human being. That's he's when she a... was like, oh, you got to be. And then the, the thing that I think made me sick is that Paige kind of smiled and giggled and did this very weird thing where she was like, well, you know, he leaned over and said, you know, his greatest fear is falling in love with me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, what run, is Paige, happening? run. <laughs> like, and the run. problem. Like, Get off the show. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is that she keeps being like, well, you know, God is guiding me to yeah, see yeah, what uh-oh. happens. And it's like, no, no, no. Your insecurity is guiding you to see what this creep has to say, which is nothing good. So, you know, God is ep- clearly busy right now. Right. <laughs> so the episode ends with, you know, them parting ways, but in this like creepily flirtatious way where you're like, I really hope this is not going where we think it's going. And then the next episode um, Chris asks Paige to meet with him and his oh. um, ex, his pregnant ex, to like hash something out. And once again, she's like, well, I guess I'll see what God guides me to do, oh. which is to like continue to be on this ridiculous, you know, train rack of a journey with this sociopath. That's when you, that's when you bust out the Ouija board, right? That's what you have <laughs> yeah. to do. And God so, says N O. <laughs> yeah. So three way. What? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so they meet up at you know they they meet up the three of them and um Chris has nothing to say and the two women are very. Can you cordial. describe? Because I've seen Paige. Can you describe the ex fiance for me, please? She is. She's different. Like, he's not, I think when he says that's not what he would originally go, I see that. Like, I don't think he was necessarily lying to Paige. So Paige is of darker complexion. Paige is definitely a bit curvier. Like, she's a beautiful girl. And his his ex-fiance, I would say, is you know, she's lighter skin tone. She's maybe a little taller. Yeah. um, Maybe a little slimmer. So just different, right? It's like, it's not. She has more of like Instagram model yes, vibe exactly. going on. Absolutely. Whereas this is someone that you would that would be posting more, you know, photos about their life and Paige just kind of seems a bit more down to earth. And again, that's the, it's unfair to do that based on appearances. Mm-hmm. But I can see where in his demented sociopathic head, that's what he's looking at. Right. Well, and don't you think there's some colorism? A hundred percent. Yes. Oh, she's too dark. I totally mm-hmm. can see it. Again, this dude is Let's a terrible human being. Let's not dance around it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like that's exactly what it is. Of oh, up. she's too dark. I like light skinned girls. That's what mm-hmm. he's sitting there thinking about. Yeah. And because he's that type, like you talk to him, and that's exactly the type of dude that you're talking to. Yeah. Where even within you know Afri- being African American, he's looking at he's basically giving her the paper bag test and said you're too dark. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the two of them are actually very normal, the two women (laughs) with each other. They get along. They both talk shit about Chris. 
while he's sitting there as well. And then, yeah, yeah. and then he gets all put out because apparently that's not what he wanted to happen in this conversation. And um, Mercedes, the ex, says that she Her name is Mercedes. Yes. Yes. Come on. She says she. This is she, stupid. This is stupid. Says, <laughs> she says she is most certainly not trying to get back together uh. with Chris, no matter what he said. And then Paige is like, "Well, you know, I also was worried that I could be pregnant because, you know, bro over here has been <laughs> like hitting this repeatedly and <laughs> without protection." And Mercedes is like, oh, oh really? I found a picture of Mercedes. Okay. Mercedes is like, excuse me? You know, like perhaps this was not something that Chris uh, had revealed to her or had expected to come up in their conversation. So, of course, then he acts like a baby once again and storms off. Um, and the whole time that every single time Paige is saying something that Chris would go, well, that's not true. And again, like the, the, the way Chris talks, it's like he says a lot of words that's basically saying nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. So he'll in here, he'll sit here and talk to you for for, oh, you know, I just you know, I just really think that, you know, when you know, when you're in a relationship and the way that you just got to, you know, the way that, oh, you know, a man and a woman in the way that you like, it's that type of stuff. Where you're like, dude, what are you getting to? Yeah. And he sort of starts to stay stuff. And you can tell that Mercedes knows who this man is and immediately goes, oh, don't believe that. He, he's lying. What he just said is nonsense. And they kind of start <laughs> laughing. And he gets and she's like, really, Chris, is that really what you think? Like, Chris, I know you over here telling lies. Don't you can't you can lie to her, but you can't lie to me. And yeah. the whole time, Paige is kind of like, OK, yeah, like I see where this is going. And he immediately goes, Paige, stop being disrespectful to me. It's like that type of weirdness where Mercedes is basically telling him, you're a liar and a fraud, <laughs> and I know this about you. And yeah. Paige, you should know this about him, too. And he started getting mad at Paige for this because it's basically Paige going, oh, so everything I think about you is 100% true. Right. And so at the end of that conversation, Paige says, this relationship no longer serves me. And she, you know, they all part ways and you think that that's it and you're i was so relieved so was that, i i was happy i was like thank you know, god she had just figured out you know that this was bs and she was gonna walk away and we really all thought that that was it until this week and this week stupid chris weasels his way back in again and it's like, oh, Paige, like, I really want to have a conversation with you. And once again, Paige is like, well, you know, I prayed on it and God led me to come Oof. to this meeting with Chris again. And in the meeting, he once again has nothing to say and is just, you know, he just sits there and looks smug as if, like, I, I don't know what he wanted from this conversation but she starts to walk away and be like i don't know why you're wasting my time but i don't like it um and this is dumb and of course then you know the producers are whispering in her ear that like she should get closure and they send her back in which is honestly terrible yes and she goes and sits back down and is just like 
listen, I don't want to do this anymore with you. And that's when he's like, oh, I'm just worried that I'm making the wrong decision. And, you know, I feel like I'm trying to make the right decision by trying to raise my kid. But I feel like at the same time, trying to do that is making the wrong decision because I should really be seeing what happens with you. And somehow this drivel, you know, wins page over (laughs) and they're like, we should start over again. I I can't believe and again, I, I, I don't so want to. I I I really liked Paige, right? I felt yeah. really bad for her. I was like, you went on this process to be like everybody else who joins up for this process, and you wanted to give it a go, and you got stuck with this sociopath, with this awful human being. And I was like, you should almost go to the producers and go, you owe me another chance. Can you get me another guy? Like, who was second on the list right. that you wanted to pair me with? Give me that guy, and let's try this again. Yeah. Right? But then this happens and you're, I just don't know whether or not he is really this master manipulator, whether she is just so desperate because this is just, it's exactly what it is. She is desperate to make anything work or whether or not there's some type of, because me and Alistair joking was like, I wonder if whether or not you leave the show early, if they don't pay you or something happens, right? Like something's got to (laughs) give where she feels like she's got to stick around for this because any other rational human being would have just been done, would have walked mm-hmm. because that's how crazy this has been. The way, I mean, even his explanation of like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm just so fearful. It was nonsense. It was 100% nonsense. And she just kind of sits there and goofily goes, uh, I, I hear you. And maybe we should just, and he goes, well, maybe let's just start from a clean slate so we can give each other a chance. And she's like, okay. And you're like, no, what It what makes happened? no sense. It makes no sense at all. And it's... Yeah, it's really crazy. And I've, I mean, I've seen plenty of speculation about like what happens if you leave the show early. But um, I believe based on at least based on the conversations that I've seen about this on Reddit, that, um, you know, they have scheduled filming days. And then obviously, there's a lot of time that's not being filmed. And as long as you keep showing up for the scheduled filming days, you keep getting paid, you know, like you're still participating in the season um, because there have been other people on the show in previous seasons who have just like checked out or not done the whole process or whatever and um, still showed up for, you know, certain filming days. Um, They didn't just like disappear off the show halfway through the season so yeah, I mean, even that doesn't really explain it. Um, it's it's cr- I've never seen and again. There's some real crazy nonsense like this. This season of 90 Day Fiance is actually really bad. It's very boring. Like all yeah. the couples kind of suck, and it's not very interesting. I've never seen anything like this where it is sort of like, okay, when are you going to be done with this? And then just his general behavior is so appalling. Yeah. For just being like again, it's not like it's not like he's it's not like he's some master smooth talker when you're watching this. It's clumsy, it's it's yeah. clunky, it's full of pseudo intellectualism, it's full of, you know, Paige, I prayed, I prayed about you. I opened up my Bible last night and I and it's just like shut up. Like you are giving people <laughs> who actually who are religious and really have faith just awful names. Like it just it's just awful. Like you make everything about what you preach seem terrible. 
And yet he is still on this show, still part of this process. I've never seen anything like this because it's like real, like predatory danger signs of human beings that if you saw this dude in in the wild in real life, as a friend, you'd be like, Paige, we got to get you out of this thing. You cannot be part of this. This is getting real dangerous territory. This guy might actually harm you because he's so odd and sociopathic. Yeah. And yet here we are. We're about to go into them starting a new, basically a brand new fresh start relationship starting episode 10. <laughs> so bad. And um, the other thing that's come up with this season on Reddit a lot is people who are survivors of abusive relationships, especially emotionally abusive relationships, saying that this season is so hard for them to watch. Absolutely. And it's especially hard because of Chris, but that there are a lot of red flags with some of the other husbands um, showing, you know, controlling or manipulative behavior like Ryan and like Eric, um, that it's just, you know, borderline impossible for anyone who's gone through any type of trauma like that to watch. And all of those things are you know, really not things that show up, um, on this show, at least not, um, so overtly as they are this season. Cause that's really more 90 day fiance territory, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. Like 90 day fiance is much more like, Hey, here's a 50 year old white guy that goes to Prague or goes to some foreign country or goes to the Philippines, right? And finds some really vulnerable girl and he goes to her house and, you know, she's basically living in a hut and has, you know, water in a bucket to shower and all these types of things, right? Like that's the part of 90 Day Fiance that I think, and probably you as well, Arlen, people just don't like because it is, it's gross. Yeah. And it really is sort of, you know, old white men usually, and there's some black people and some other pe- people of other races, but it is just generically older white men preying on young third world country women yeah. And seeing how this sort of plays out. That's the bad side of the 90 Day Fiance stuff. Where there are other couples where people are the same age and it's just weirdness. And it's there's, there's strange men and strange women and, you know, gold diggers and all the stuff that makes reality TV horrific but also very entertaining to watch. Where this, yeah, like the way that you've explained this show to me and the, even watching that first season, I was like, okay, this is a bit more wholesome. So it's not as fun. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't expecting this. So when people are telling me to watch this season, I'm like, well, maybe it's because of the COVID stuff. Maybe, you know, you get a germaphobe or someone on there. Maybe you get something strange. But I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting for this type of character to show up on a show like this. Yes, it's very disturbing. And the other disturbing thing, now that we're talking about the pandemic, is that apparently in Atlanta, there is no pandemic. Yeah, it doesn't exist. (laughs) They tried during the wedding to make it exist, but now it's just, (laughs) it just doesn't exist. We're walking around and talking to each other and going to bars and go bowling and doing a bunch of other weird stuff. Yeah, apparently there's no pandemic in Atlanta. Georgia. So. Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. So look, I I would love to talk about this. We should come back to you in because how many episodes are there normally in a season? Because we're are we about halfway through? Um, I think they said in the last episode that they have five more weeks. Okay, so, so we should come back at, in five weeks once this is over. Now that for those of you who haven't we're watched, we're gonna this, have so much to talk yes. about. We're gonna. I think we should probably do uh in in. Another episode in the interim where we okay, talk I'm about totally this down again. I'm, yeah, I'm in the tank for this show. I'm watching it. 
me and Alice are watching. I'm going to try to get Alice on this podcast as well to talk about this because I'm sure she's got different insights than what I've explained. That would be great. Because I would love she's that. a big fan of the, she says that the Australian show is more like this because oh, there is a Married at First Sight yeah. Australia. I've heard that apparently, it's crazy. Yes, it's nuts. And she says that that stuff where it's like one couple where like one of the women went to go sleep with one of the other husbands, like it's that level of nonsense on the Australian one. Yeah. So she has a bit of a lens of how crazy this is compared to that show. Um, because, yeah, I, I think she'll very happily admit and she's pulling me into this. Watching the trash is entertaining. Does mm-hmm. it make you feel a little gross afterwards? A hundred percent. But is it great? Is it a great way to waste an hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, definitely. So, yeah. So, Jason, are you interested at all? Will you at least watch one of these episodes so next time you can be more informed? Now that you – we've given you this, we've given you the shortcut of all of you. You don't have to watch nine episodes. You can watch one or two of them. No. There's no, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way. Plus, like, it's it's awful. Like, it, what you're describing sounds awful. Like, it's, it's exploitive <laughs> – it's putting monsters on a pedestal. It's it's giving God a bad name. You know, it's just it's bad, man. Everything so, you say sounds terrible. Like you're not so, making so me real want quick, to watch this at yeah. all. So real quick, so we can let Arlen go. What would I have to give you, Jason, to partake in this? Jason, you're a single man. Oh my god! If they bring this to New York now, again, they bring this to New York. You got a lot of competition. They're going to bring out Walsh. They're going to bring all parts of New York that want to be on TV. But if so, one of them comes to you and says, Jason, what do we have to give you to partake in this show? We want you on this show. We've got a perfect match for you. We've got someone that you're going to love. We've done the science. It's all ready for you. All you have to do is show up in a tux and get married at first sight. What would it cost to get you to do this? All the Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I so there's no this- amount of money in the world that you would, that you would give this a go. Because what happens if it's like the first couple and it works and it's great? What do they give you for it? I no, I, I a marriage, a happy probably... marriage is what they give you. They give you one of the one of the, the something that you can't put a price on is finding a loving partner for the rest of your life. I mean, if, would if, you not take if that, that if, it, if it does if it doesn't work out? That's a pretty hefty price. And if it doesn't, but again, forty percent that's pretty good. And they're gonna sit here and go through your life and try to find someone that is compatible with you. A process that takes a lot of people a lot of time. Yeah, and then matches up this this woman and this psychopath. So again, uh, that's I'm one good. example. But forty percent. There's the other couple in this in this show yeah, that sixty percent chance happy. you end up with the the psycho. Hell, there's a sixty percent chance that I'm the psycho. Not all. Of, okay, I will say that like this season is yeah much crazier than previous seasons. Even the seasons where. You know, prior to this season, it felt like things were really bad or going off the rails. Like all of those instances compared to what's happening in season 12, just, I mean, there's no comparison. So hopefully, you You also imagine that with COVID, right? Like a bunch of people dropped out. So they might be going with these like third, fourth, fifth stringers. Maybe. Like, well, shit, we got to go with Chris. Maybe. Like, you um, sure? Chris seemed kind of like a lunatic. Like, well, it's, he's all we got. It's Chris <laughs> or we back to four couples. And they're like, well, Chris, it is. Yeah. Um. So while you guys were talking, I, I um, decided to look up uh, which seasons were set here in New York. 
And because um, I know there, I knew there was at least one. Um, so season one was in New York. Um, season two was in New York. Three was in Atlanta. Um, four was in Florida. Five was in Chicago. Six was in Boston. Um, seven was in Dallas. Eight was in Philly. Um, nine was in North Carolina. Ten was in D.C. Eleven was New Orleans. And this season is Atlanta again. So it looks like they haven't come back to New York since those first couple seasons. And especially now that they're providing housing, I think it would probably be yeah, it's a little easier in Atlanta expensive. and Carolina and stuff. Yeah. yeah, It's a little easier in those, but like Texas is a good one. California would be a good one, right? Like there are some good states yeah, they where haven't you can do done this. Any West yeah. coast, which is interesting. Probably. Like Seattle would be a good city to do this in like Seattle yeah. or Portland, right? Like especially Portland, you'll get some real interesting characters in Portland. Oh to do God. something like that would this be the with. worst place to be in a group of people to be yeah. a lot of bo i feel like. <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah you have and to. I, I i love portland i i got no no disrespect to portland but you know just saying you're bound to get at least you know you, you got 10 people in the mix at least one of them is gonna have that problem mm-hmm. well look arlen yes. much appreciated of taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule to chat about this. But yes, you let me know when you want to, because I'm watching. I'm watching every episode. I'm watching it when it comes out. You let me know when there's when it's worth talking about, and you are more than welcome to come back and keep discussing. Um, again, that was the preamble for the big one, and we can probably have shorter episodes just to talk about what's happening on those seasons now that hopefully everyone else is caught up if they, yeah. they're not watching. And maybe they'll go back and watch now. If you've listened to this and you had no intention of watching this show, it what we explained does not capture what's actually recorded on TV. <laughs> so. so true. It's so worth watching. Yeah. Um, definitely. I will be back. God help us all. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. Go to he's You'll find the links to subscribe on all of our channels, wherever this podcast exists, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Whoever else is linked on the website. If you're on iTunes, do us a favor, rate us. Give us a positive review, preferably. Honest opinions if, uh, if you don't feel that way. Till next time, this podcast is over.